I don't know, some of you may be aware of this, others may not be. I, have, I am at this point now, I have become a glutton for punishment at this point in my life. I have, because I am insane, um, have uh, started working uh, on a doctorate. Uh, down at Wesley Biblical, right down the road from here, uh, with other, along with some other colleagues in the Mississippi, we're going to start starting up a program there with them. And it, you know, so I've been adjusting to that, and it's become a joke that I, it's a good thing I have no hobbies. Um, my hobbies basically are, are watching sports and making fun of my wife. So um, I really don't do anything else. So now my hobby has become I read at night. And I, did y'all know? I don't know if y'all know this or not. Because, you know, Paul Paul has to be home for dark. I mean, I, I go home early. Um, did y'all know there are two 11 o'clocks in the day? Who knew? I thought there was just one. I'm like, well, there's 11 o'clock at night. Who knew? This is amazing. So, so I'm adjusting to all, all that. But it's been interesting to see how the reading I've been doing and, and the work I've been doing at night has been... I, I, affecting other areas of my life. And it's been interesting with one of the classes I'm working through at night, um, the effect it's had on some the way I'm, I'm reading scripture and, and, and praying and, and reading the text. And so today's text is an example of how I've seen some interesting things begin to bubble up. I love John 10, 1 through 10. Like this is like this. This is my jam. I mean, this is this this passage. It is. It is. I love, and I especially love John ten ten. It's one of those verses in my life that I just love. John 10, John ten ten. The thief comes to rob, to kill, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Okay, big deal here, y'all. The devil, the thief, the liar. He has come to rob, kill, and destroy. All the devil wants to do is to sow destruction, everything. So everything associated with the devil, everything associated with temptation, everything associated with, ten, with, with sin, sin, it is destructive. It brings death and destruction and awfulness. But Jesus, he has come to bring life and bring it more abundantly. We as Christians are called to live abundant lives. We as Christians are allowed to be happy. We are allowed to laugh. We're allowed to have a good time. As I've heard it said before, Lord, save us from sour-faced saints. I hate hearing testimonies where the guys or gals that are speaking are like, I used to do this and this and this and this and this. And they made the old way of life sound so appealing. And then I say, and then I got saved. No. The Christian life is better than any other life that you will ever experience in your life. The Christian life is a life of joy and peace and abundance. I love that. And as you can probably tell, I've preached that sermon a million times because I love it. So my natural instinct when I hear this passage is to go right there. But begin to slow down and to think about this passage and to listen and to see, was there anything else deeper the Lord was saying? So as I began to read and meditate upon it and pray on it, something stood out to me. Notice what Jesus says. We, 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 we think a lot and, and hear a lot about Jesus being the good shepherd, which is true. But notice in this passage what Jesus says that he is. He says it in verse 7, then again in verse 9. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, 
I am the gate for the sheep. Verse 9 says, I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. Jesus is the good shepherd, no doubt. There are lots of examples in Scripture where Jesus says he's the good shepherd. But in this text, notice what Jesus says he is. He says, I am the gate. Now, it's interesting. You know, we, we think about shepherds. And, you know, we think of our children's plays, and we have shepherd, little, our cute little kids as shepherds. We're like, oh, bless, they're so cute. Bless them, sweet little shepherds. Being a shepherd was not a good job in that culture. There aren't showers out in the pasture lands. You stunk. There aren't facilities out there. It's a tough job. Think about when David was anointed by Samuel. And Samuel came looking for all the brothers of Jesse, or the sons of Jesse. And they couldn't find David. Why couldn't they find David? Because David was out tending the sheep. You know what David also was? The youngest. And guess who in those families got the jobs nobody else wanted to have? Little brother. You didn't want to be a shepherd. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be shepherds. It was a dirty, stinky, filthy job. And then you're you're out there as well with all the wild critters, the chupacabras that Jennifer saw up in the mountains and Smokies. I mean, you've got lions and wild cats and all manner of predators trying to kill the sheep. And you couldn't call up animal control and say, hey, there's a critter trying to attack my sheep. What did you have to do? You had to fight it off yourself and kill it. Being a shepherd was a difficult job. One of the other difficult parts of being a shepherd was this, the sheep pen. It wasn't fancy. It's a pile of rocks that were based in a circle or, or, or in a formation with an opening in it where the sheep would come in and out. The gate. Except there was no gate. You know what the gate was? The shepherd. The shepherd would lay at night in that gap. And his physical presence would keep the sheep in and keep the critters out. That's why he said, I am the gate. Through me you come in and you go out to pasture land. The shepherd would lay there. I always think of, uh, of Jacob and his story of the ladder. So he lays down the field and uses a rock as a pillow and sees the heavens open. The shepherd would lay down there. And the sheep would come in to rest through the gate. And that gate was the, shep- was the shepherd himself. Jesus says, I am the gate. And I am the way to the sheepfold. I am the way to life and peace and happiness. Jesus later says in the in scriptures, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. If we want access to God, it comes through Jesus Christ. And this abundant life we hear spoken of in John 10, 10, this abundant life, it comes only through Jesus Not through morality, not through being a good person, not through having all the answers, not through denominations, not through any of these things, but the way to the Father is through the Son. And it all comes down to Jesus Christ. He 
is our access. He is our life. He is our hope, not our stuff. God doesn't say, hey, get everything figured out, then come to me. He doesn't say, get all your problems fixed, then come to me. He doesn't say, get yourself cleaned up and then come to me. He says, come to me now through Jesus. For my son, he is the gate by which we have access to the Father. Not our perfect life, not everything we've gotten done, but Jesus Christ, he is the means by which we live. So we can try to find abundant life in life circumstance or in health or in morality or in religion or in all of these things and we will find them all lacking. And I think that's why sometimes the church can be full of sour-faced saints because we are trying to find our life in places other than Jesus and we find them lacking. For only he is the way to abundant life. Nothing else. He is our gateway. He is our gate. He is our entry point. Jesus and Jesus Christ alone is only in and through him. There's a concept in the Old Testament. It's the shibboleth. It's a funny word to say, shibboleth. It's a story that comes from the book of Judges. In Judges it says this. It's Judges 12. It says, Then the Gildads took the forge of the Jordan against the Ephraimites. When one of the fugitives from Ephraim would say, Let me go over, the men of Gilead would say to him, Are you an Ephraimite? When he said, No, they would say, Then say Shibboleth. And he said, Sibboleth, for he could not pronounce him right. They seized him at that moment. Jesus is our Shibboleth. He is the marking of Christ. He is the marking of God. He is the marking of life. He is how we know. It's only and always about him. And we make our faith, we make our life, we make everything about so many things other than Jesus. And I think sometimes we're so angst-ridden and we're so confused and we're so hurt and we're so divided because we are placing our markings, our life, our hope, our peace, our abundance on anything else but Jesus. And I know that's a simple message in a complicated age. But sometimes we overcomplicate things in faith. Dr. Bryson at MC used to always say, God's not worried about the things we don't know. He's worried about the things we do know and what we do about it. I don't understand the mysteries of life, but I know this. I'm called to love my enemies, and I don't much want to do it. I know I'm called to forgive people, and I don't always want to do that. I know I'm called to be faithful even when it's hard, and that's a challenge. So sometimes it's easier in our world to get caught up in the complicated things that we don't understand instead of focusing our eyes upon the one thing we do know. That Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life. And no one comes to the Father but through him. He is the gate. And he is the source of our abundant life. 
He is our shibboleth. He is our marking. He is our proof. He is our way. He is our everything. So today, as sheep, are we trying to go the sheep pen through another, another route? Are we relying upon something other than Jesus? Do we find our life lacking? Do we find our purpose lacking? Do we find our hope lacking? Our gate, our access to the Father is through Christ and Christ alone. He is the source of our abundant life. Today, are we living abundantly in Jesus? Are we dwelling in his presence daily? Is he our marking? Is he our life? The thief comes to rob, to kill, and destroy. But Christ has come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Today, is he our life? Let us pray.